Sasha's Sweet Kitchen, located in Brooklyn, New York, has been in operation for over five years. Sasha believes that cake should look and taste good. Her new school skill set, coupled with the recipes of her grandmother, allow her to present beautiful confectionaries with the taste of home. See her for all your cakes and treats. Check her out on Instagram at Sasha Sweet Kitchen. That is S A C H I A S. W-E-E-T-K-I-T-C-H-E-N. Or Facebook at Sasha Sweet Kitchen. That's Sasha Sweet Kitchen. Tell her, hey, Coach Cam sent you. And to stop fronting on the banana pudding. All right. Welcome to... It's Hey, What Did I Miss? With a Coach Cam salute. Joining me now, we have a very special guest. Matt Vogel, assistant coach, LIU Sharks, right here in downtown Brooklyn. He was so kind enough to come on. He was actually going to come on yesterday, but then I wasn't ready. I'm going to double appreciate you and your time and willingness to answer some questions for the kiddos. Give us a brief introduction of who you are, what you do. Well, first off, thank you for having me. Always happy to hop on. Um, My name is Matt Vogel. I'm an assistant basketball coach at LIU for men's basketball. I do a lot of different things in my responsibilities from practice planning to travel coordinating, to designing the uniforms, to designing our team gear. I've also dabbled in our media graphics this year as we sometimes are a little short staff. So I kind of have my hand in a lot of different things, but it's a lot of fun. My favorite thing about my job, when I first was told that I could design the uniforms, I called my dad because my dad always used to say, you know, you play too many video games. Like you don't, you don't do <laughs> enough work here, there, there, you know, in franchise mode, it taught me how to design uniforms to give me all the different templates. So that was the first call I ever made when I got to design the uniforms and he got, he got a good laugh out of it. Oh man. You know, you said that and when you said design uniforms, I smiled franchise mode in 2k, you're allowed to design your uniforms. You'll sit yeah. there for about an hour, hour and a half designing and, the, I, and I'm a look. big fan of like relocating franchises yeah. in cities like Seattle who lost their team. So yeah, it was a, that, that was, that's a fun part of the job. For all those kids that are listening, you see, we did it. You guys think you, you invented 2K, man. We've been doing this for a long time. He, he finally made his dream a reality. Cause I was definitely going to tell you those uniforms are kind of tough. I like, it. I like, <laughs> I like that blue. And when we were playing, the game was actually just called 2K. Like, right, <laughs> right, right. It was just 2K, right? We didn't get to 22. It was just 2K. It was just 2K. All right, now that you told everybody how old we are, appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Let's get into it. So, what was it like for you growing up? So, I'm from Brooklyn. When I was when I grew up in the Georgetown, Bergen Beach area, and then my end of elementary school towards junior high, I moved to Mill Basin, um, which is like 10 minutes from Kings Plaza. Elementary school for me, it was the same 20 kids from kindergarten through fifth grade, and I'm still friends with about 10 of them, which is kind of kind of cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, we went to junior high, then we went to high school and then we kind of parted ways. A lot of my friends went to Binghamton and Buffalo. Some went to Michigan, one went to Maryland. And I ended up at UMass where I started to get involved with college basketball. Hold on now. Brooklyn bred. Left, came back. Running and helping on the Brooklyn team. I like that. That's yes. a great story. Yes, Bring that, it, all that in. Was, it was a, it was real exciting when I was able to get the job at LIU to be able to come back home and if anybody around here comes to games and you hear somebody yelling three seconds, just know that's my dad. My dad's always in the crowd supporting me, <laughs> screaming. And my mom tries to do a shark sound. I'm not really sure what it comes out as, but you'll you'll see my parents or hear my parents if you guys come down to a game. 
Oh, man, that's awesome. That's talk, awesome. Talk about your early memories of middle school and some of the triumphs and difficulties that you've had during that time. Middle school for me was a very big change. For elementary school, I went to a school where my mom was a teacher. So I rode with her every day to school, um, left with her every day. I thought that's how the world worked. You know, you got to just hop in the car, go to school, go home with your mom. I thought that was normal. Then middle school came and I remember it was the first time I had to really take a school bus to school. And my earliest, earliest memory was like, it was the night before school. My mom wrote on a yellow post-it, the number 9333 and Julio, because that was the name of the bus driver. I had to make sure when I got out of school, I found the right bus. There was like 15 different buses out there. And in those days, like, I'm not sure how it works now, but they just said, here's the bell. You're out. Go find your bus and make sure you get home. Okay. So I was a little nervous going to school the first time because then you get there the first day. I found the bus, thankfully, the first day. But when you get to school, you're in your homeroom and then the bell rings and you're going to a different classroom. I was so used to elementary school that you stayed in the whole class. Like your specialty subjects came to you, except for Jim. Jim was the only one that you went down to the gym. And it was just a very, very different adventure, I guess, is the way to call it, because when I started sixth grade, I was probably about a foot shorter than everybody and weighed about 50 pounds lighter than everybody. And I remember just feeling at the start like I was kind of on my own, even though I knew certain kids, everybody was meeting new people. And I was kind of the shy, not really outgoing 11, 12 year old. It was just a whole new world. So for me, that's where that's what I remember as my biggest struggle is. Do I really fit in here? Is, is this for me kind of thing? How did you get through those moments? So for me, I had I had a really great support system with my parents and my older brother who always looked out for me, no matter what, since day one, he always had my back and I had friends. But for me, where I started to gain confidence was sports, mm-hmm. team sports for me, like I, basketball, baseball. I ended up being like a really good bowler. Baseball and basketball is where I learned like what being a part of a team was So like you would go play with the people from school. And then you kind of build those relationships. You knew you can sit with them at lunch. They'd make sure nobody was bothering you, stuff like that. And for me, what being a part of a team meant was understanding your role and wanting to have people want to play with you also. Because I remember one game, I would go in and I would shoot every shot. I was the, I was the biggest chucker around. And there was one, <laughs> one, game, one, one game I had that I scored a lot of points and my team lost. And I came off the court like, you know, I, I did my thing. Like I got my points and my dad pulls me over. He goes, how do you think you played? I'm like, I, I don't know. I scored. Like I thought I played well. He goes, just so you know, I would never want to be your teammate. And my, I kind of did like a head bob, like back. I'm like, it's like, you don't pass the ball. You don't do anything to like engage your teammates. And for me, a light went off and it completely like changed the way like I look at sports and team because you can't win without your team. And if your team doesn't want to play with you, you're playing one on five out there and that ain't going to help anybody. Value of team, right? It's so important. You know that you cannot do a lot of things, most things by yourself. And even though you're doing well, you're not, you're not doing well. And that's, that's a big learning curve, especially at this age group where they go home they feel like, yeah, I scored 20 points. Yeah, but you lost by 20. So was it really effective? Do you, do you really feel good about that? And you try to get the narcissism at his age group. I think this, this age group is very narcissistic, very about themselves, which is, like natural, because in middle school, you're finding yourselves, you're finding who you are. So it is all about self. And you're, and it's good that your dad pulled you over. It was like, listen, you took that lesson in. Shout out for to your sure. dad for that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I also remember like one of my youth coaches, Kevin Adelson, he runs um, Flappish Park Jewish Center. He does like their youth leagues in Mo Basin where I grew up. Mm. And he always told me, if you make a good pass and somebody else scores, that's two people happy. If you dribble around and just shoot, you're the only one happy. So why not spread the love and like spread the wealth that way? And that was another lesson that I always took with me, too. Thank you to your coaches, man. Youth leaders and youth leadership is important. The grassroots are important. And look, my man Vogel here remembers that to today. Uh, anybody listening to this, if you're a grassroots program and you think the message is not sinking in, it does. It eventually does. Product right here. So what is the uh, biggest advice you can give to a student or a parent? Open communication is the most important thing because I'm learning this with my nieces. Kids take in everything that they hear. Mm-hmm. The important message and values that you want to send, just make sure like the kids are hearing it. And for kids, don't be afraid to ask questions. If you don't understand something or understand like the reason, just ask. Mm-hmm. And the, big, the biggest thing I've taken away as I've gotten older, and this is past like middle school, don't be afraid to hear no. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to ask a question and you're like you're a little nervous that it might not be. So what? If they mm-hmm. say no, you're still at the same position where you were before. But don't be afraid to ask what you're feeling or ask for what you want. And if they say no, find a way to earn what you want. Oh, my goodness. That, please say that. Say, just say that part again. Just say, don't be find afraid a way to, to hear earn no. what you want. <laughs> yeah. Find a way to earn what you want and don't be afraid to hear no. I mean, that that's what stops a lot of us. I mean, even some adults are afraid to ask questions and get involved with in things because they're afraid the, of that no. And I and I actually went to speak to a college class, a sport management class, mm-hmm. um, and they all had like different goals. And that was the same advice I gave to them. Just find a way. You'd be surprised how people just want to help if they can. Uh, what would mm-hmm. you tell your younger self? I would tell my younger self to come out of my shell a little earlier than I did. And I would give myself the same advice and just keep going. No one should be able to tell you you can't do what you want to do. Or you say you were on the smaller side and. People were telling you you wouldn't succeed in the basketball space. Look at you now. Success story. Coming yeah, back I, home, he, coaching, doing your thing. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I still remember my high school basketball tryout. And again, mm-hmm. I was completely undersized. And I drove to the left elbow. Mm-hmm. And I took a shot. And I saw a guy at the corner of my eye that I should have passed to. And I didn't. And I have regretted that every day mm-hmm. <laughs> for the last 17, 18 years. Because... I knew as undersized, I had to make the right play. Like I, mm-hmm. I should have, I shouldn't have been selfish. I shouldn't have went for the shot. I should have made the right play to let the coach know. And I, I never played high school basketball. Mm-hmm. I didn't play. I never made a JV team. I ne- never made a varsity team, but I became a team manager in college because I sat next to a kid that had a really cool UMass basketball sweatshirt on. And I said, yo, where'd you get that? And he goes, I'm a manager. We're always looking for more help. And that's how my coaching career started. I became a manager simply because I asked the kid, where'd you get your sweatshirt? Look at that. What You you weren't afraid to ask the question. What right? exactly. Something as little as that. I did an interview with this guy, Kevin Spann. He talks about it not being your season, right? So, you know, that 14 to 18 range, which is your season, right? Because you didn't make the team. But then once you got to college, you found a way to trigger your passion, right? You found your way to your passion. You know, at 14, you wasn't thinking about coaching in college. You just wanted to be involved in the game in some kind of way. And here you are. You know, it just wasn't your season. It didn't yeah. happen the way you wanted to. But for uh, sure, like, here it is. E- e- like every kid, I thought I was going to the NBA. Like I thought I was really mm-hmm. good. And it's it's so funny. When I got to the college level, when I first started at UMass, I was around some talented, talented guys. And they got to the NBA 
they didn't have the 15 year careers that NBA veterans do and stuff like that. But you have to be really, 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 really good <laughs> to get to the NBA. And, yeah, that, and that's how you just keep growing because you see it. Because I went to my first day of practice at UMass thinking I should be a walk on. Uh-huh. Like, and even it, though I never played high school basketball. And then I get there, I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a different it's, world. A different world. Yeah. So like when I started as a manager, I still didn't know I wanted to get into coaching, but I had really good. I had an awesome head coach around me and I had a good assistant coach who kind of like pulled me aside and said, like, this is something I think you can do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can make this a career. I'm like, cool. Like, cool. Let, let's roll. <laughs> let's, see, let's see where this goes. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, you, they pay me to talk about basketball. I tell like, my job right. is to scout other teams. Right. What? My I job mean, is I'm to watch basketball. basketball. 24 7 anyway for free like, right oh that's yeah. awesome what's going on by you any games coming up any projects coming up what's going on yeah so right now we uh we got eight games left in our regular season uh we got st francis brooklyn coming into town on thursday at 7 p.m uh that's february 10th and bryant coming into town saturday at 2 p.m that we would love to have the entire community come down to any games that they can make Anybody in earshot of this, make sure you go check them, check them boys out. See, I see some clips. They're flying around all over the place. Got a lot of scoring going on. Play a little D, a little bit. You know, I'm a defensive coach, so my brain is always, my brain is we're always working. We're a top in the league in defense. So you oh, can okay. this year. Oh, okay. All right, good. <laughs> see, look, he look, you saw his face. Like, what are you talking about? You ain't yeah, watching we, we're, we're playing D this year. We're playing D this year. <laughs> all right, but hey, anybody with an earshot, please go check out. The LIU Sharks, uh, go check out their schedule. They definitely got the games coming up. Yeah, on Twitter and Instagram, it's both LIU basketball. All right, there you go. LIU basketball, go follow, go check them out. And this summer, we're happy to announce that we're hosting two weeks of camp. Um, The first week will be June 28th to July 1st. And the second week will be August 1st to August 4th. Uh, Last summer, we had a great time. We had over 100 kids for the two weeks. We teach basketball skills, drills. And then most importantly, the kids have a great time and play two full court games twice a day. So we have a great time. Our players are the coaches, our coaches are the referees. And it's just a, it's just a really fun week. I really look forward to both of them every summer. I'm going to attest to this. I've seen, I've watched the kids have a great time. There's a whole lot of yelling and screaming in that gym, a lot of laughter, a lot of smiles, a lot of skills being developed. And most importantly, as a parent, kids go home, take a bath and go to sleep. That, that we we learned that the parents are very happy that the kids come yeah. home tired and they're out for the rest of the night. Matt does a great job with that. And I like to end with a quote. We are the music makers and we are the dreamers of the dreams. That's my boy, Willie Wonka. Peace.